Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome to Mohani Love's Vlog Podcast. Let's talk about it. I'm here with Stephen Short, right? Did I get it right? Or is it Stephen? That name, I always, some parents spell it Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, and then so I'm 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 Stephen uh, S T E. So uh, the American spelling is the V E N, right? Um, but it's it's pronounced exactly the same, Stephen. Hey, how are you? I'm very well, and you? <laughs> I'm fine. So you know what was very interesting um, about you to me? So what made you successful was you built a killer business without acting. To- kill your family without killing your family what kind of business is it so i actually grew up in two family businesses so we had an esl school an english language school where we taught english as a foreign language to international students and we also have another business which is completely unrelated but it, it worked very well which is uh psychometrics personality profiling and career guidance for individuals Elaborate on that, exactly what that is. So we do personality profiling. So we would, uh, if you have a company who you're looking to hire a very specific person, usually for C-suite kind of positions where we're looking for uh, a unique mix or a very specific mix of personality and aptitudes, we would be able to test for that uh, using psychometric, using personality profiling assessments and using aptitude tests. And then we'd be able to either help you decide which is the best candidate based on what you're looking for what's the culture of your organization what is it that you're hoping to achieve with this person uh and it removes all biases through gender age any of that kind of stuff that's uh so we also do uh leadership development so we would look at somebody's personality what are they trying to accomplish what are they trying to gain uh see where they are so the personality gives us a snapshot into what they're where they are today okay we then figure out a plan with them of over the next three six twelve months or whatever you want to work with me or one of somebody on our, on our team what do you want to accomplish what are the things that we can do together and how do we go about putting in uh, a framework for you to be able to do that but and that we has, also do career guidance that's lucrative i'm sorry that's really different it's different but I can mm-hmm. see how it works for a lot of companies, especially when you're putting together a staff or like management or, you know, it works very well with management or someone who's, the, you know, running the team, taking care of all these different people, you know, mm-hmm. because a lot of times I believe when you interview a person, 
they always put their best. I mean, you know, we all put our best face forward. Yeah. But you guys, look, you guys look deeper into that individual. We do, and it also, I mean, uh, traditional interviewing uh, is uh, really, I won't say terrible, but it's <laughs> it's it's not a really reliable way of being able to assess if somebody's going to be successful in that career that you're looking to, to hire them for. Not only do we have prepared answers and we know how to, to answer the questions of where do you see yourself in five years time and all the standard stuff, <laughs> yeah. but there's also bits of, well, what happens if you're giving all these hypothetical situations, nobody's been in those hypothetical situations. Oh. And we have all of these uh, unconscious biases that exist in our world that if you're interviewing somebody and you both happen to like the same sports team, Okay. That person is obviously, oh, they're right. That's a great thing. So I'll have something in common with this person. So I'll be able to get, I'll be able to work with them, even though they might be, I don't know if I can swear on your podcast, yes, but they are, let's say, <laughs> less than ideal for the role. So what I do is you can swear because when a person swears, then you, I put you on my Mohani Love after dark. That's what it says. Okay. So everybody knows that okay. you well, gotta hear some stuff. <laughs> well, so one of the things I, I I was doing a, a program, I was doing I'm an event in the US a couple of years ago before COVID. Uh, and I said in the States you call it a cussing. In the UK <laughs> they call it swearing or cursing. In Ireland we just call it talking. So Do you? Yeah, we, we swear a lot. The Irish are known to swear a lot. Uh, I do too. So I had to like tone That's it down. Okay. <laughs> well, I have a question. So when you guys do this profile, right? Isn't it mm -hmm. true that even though you're setting up scenarios, is the person aware that that's what's happening? So aren't they still prepared? Like they're guarded still to, to answer it a certain way? So... Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, you can game a personality profile the same way as you can game an interview. You can just put on a, a, a facade and <laughs> yeah. be able to, to to try and answer questions the way that you think that the assessor wants them answered. The difficulty arises. So when you're doing a personality profile, if you especially if you're doing an intensive one, excuse me, like the ones that we use, mm -hmm. you could be doing I don't know, but three, four hundred questions. Whoa. So, but and there's there are built-in validity tests throughout the entire system. So and it'll tell you on the report, uh, this is a valid assessment. This is not a valid assessment. Wow. It'll be a not a valid assessment if they've answered a certain way in a couple of the questions and answered a different way in other questions that are, they're linked questions. Yes. Um. So you can see that kind of stuff pretty quickly. So basically, the way the questions are set up, even though they're different areas they all coincide with each other at some exactly. point. So if they all coincide and they match up, then you know this person is the real deal. It is what it is. Yeah. But you would be able to tell that, okay, over here they did this. No, they were just trying to, they became guarded mm -hmm. and answered the wrong way. That's really great. That's, that's but really But the other thing that I, that I say to people as well, there's, there's no point in trying to game the system because if you're gaming that personality profile to get the job, 
you're pretending to be somebody you're not. You're trying to pretend to be somebody you're not. Yeah. And then even if you get the job, you kind of fucking hate it because it's geared <laughs> towards somebody who's not you. That's so right. You can do, if you look at, uh, if you take like, let's say a couple of different legal firms around, sorry, where, where in the world are you again? In New York. So let's say, let's say you've got a couple of, of legal firms. You've got some that specialize in corporate law. You've some some who specialize in uh, more entrepreneurial programs and the smaller SMEs and things like that. So the personalities that are going to do well in the different law firms mm-hmm. are very different. So if you try and game that, if let's say you're going into a law firm and you try and game that, you might get a job in a law firm which is just the wrong culture fit for you. Because ah. your values or the way that you perceive ambition or the way that you perceive interpersonal sensitivity or whatever is just not aligned. They're looking for a very specific type of person that is not you. You've pretended to be that person. You're going to be miserable. You yeah, you are you much better served going and finding the career where they actually value in their culture what you bring to the table. And doing what you love. Like, like I Absolutely. love podcasting i love um you know i'm an author i love writing books but my personality is just like this i'm always high vibey but the thing is a person like me when there's something that someone's doing wrong to me or something that's not right it's explosive and then everybody's (laughs) like oh that's what everybody they don't understand how high you you know you're like ah and then when it's over, I let it go, and I'm back to like this. <laughs> oh, 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 but it so would have to be a, not in a work environment, though. I know how to. Wait, hold. So in a in a psychological point of view, that's what's called. So your normal state, your normal personality, is how you are. Uh-huh. Um, on a day-to-day basis, at times of high stress or times where something is uh, earth-shatteringly happened, or you ha- you feel the emotion of a situation, you temporarily go to a different part of your personality you temporarily shift along your axis mm-hmm. so that's called a state it's a temporary state of being so you're not there all the time and no. then once that moment has passed you revert back to your normal type but let me let me tell you this also it takes a while for it to do that it, it the first time it doesn't affect me the second and then i'll say oh you know don't do that again let's forget about that or and then when you know it's like it's like oh so this <laughs> so that's the part of me you want to see but no it is a temporary shift um i'm human um the older i get i learn how to i mean i mean even me having a podcast can definitely train you on <laughs> uh the do's and don'ts the temperament you should have nobody did anything to piss me off yet but i know it's coming and when it comes, no, i'm I- going to laugh about it <laughs> Because you know why? I love, I love the, <laughs> the realism when you say nobody's done it yet. Yeah, it's coming. It's somebody's bound to. Are you You're kidding with me? People, so Let me tell you what's going on right now, right? There's some person, they don't even know that they're going to make it to my podcast yet, right? They have a little snowball. <laughs> and they're like putting that snow on. <laughs> but when it comes, it's going to be this big. You want to know why? Because I'm high vibing. And I just think it's an energy thing to where... I, I really don't think people sit down. Well, there could be some people that say, hey, this is what we're going to do. We really want to see if we can really. <laughs> and it wouldn't work because this is my baby here. And the way I feel about my Honey Love podcast is the way I feel about my children. 
It's like, you, you know what I mean? You have to, I have to protect, this is my brand. And I don't want to be known as someone who, oh, it's a trigger. People will sit there and say, go ahead, say, say red shirt again when, she, when you see her and watch it. Let's sit back and watch. <laughs> and then I'll have memes all over the place that I'm not making money from, you know, um, <laughs> but um, nobody's perfect. Everyone, listen, I don't care what nobody say. People say, no, I've mastered not to have triggers. You mean it's really calm yeah it pisses you off you just make sure you go do it in a bathroom somewhere you get pissed mm-hmm. off you know how to separate to release you just learn how not to release in front of individuals so you can always maintain that persona as laid back and cool when it doesn't bother does that make sense does that sound right very good very good <laughs> so tell me about um so you said you were you were raised within two family businesses correct yeah okay now this is uh, what i want to ask you how did you maintain the family getting along how did the family get along and make these businesses successful how were the egos put in the bag how did everybody understand that because you had this idea and they mm-hmm. felt it wasn't but because this is your cousin jim or, or your sister or whatever there's what better. How did you do that? So, uh, I guess one of the things that we're, I suppose, lucky in in this is that we are personality profilers. Like part one of our businesses was all about personality. So we, even though we have this innate understanding of all this, we still fell into some of these traps. We still fell into some <laughs> of these areas and rhythms and having this hierarchy of the parents and the, the children and the kids ideas are never as good because they haven't experienced it they haven't lived it and all the rest of it um so when we were able to objectively look at that and look at the different roles that people bring to the table mm-hmm. uh, whether they're strategic thinking or whether they're practical thinking or whether they're detail orientated or whether they're uh, creativity orientated or all of these different factors and facets that go into personality and into the leadership types of individuals and understanding that the next generation is never going to be a carbon copy of the current generation everything is going to change things are going to move on and um once once we kind of understand all of that then you can have much more interesting conversations about where the future goes so this all really for me came it became so personal and so um important to me because a couple a year after my second child was born i remember coming back and and slumping down on my kitchen table with my wife and saying for the first time ever that i was gonna have to leave the family business because if i didn't my parents would never see their grandkids again because we won't be able to be in the same room together because we'd been arguing and fighting over projects technology what to buy what to pursue all this kind of stuff and and it was just it was heart-wrenching and when I as soon as I said it as soon as I actually said those words out loud my body viscerally reacted to tell me that is not what you want this is not the road we want to go down wow so that's when I started working on and uh, I I said to myself and I said to my wife I can't be the first person in the world to have this issue of working with family there's (laughs) like 80 percent of the businesses in the world are family owned I mean there's I can't be the first person um, to have this uh, feeling. Uh, so I started researching, I started reading, I started talking to people, um, started 
trying to do things differently, coming at things from a different point of view with my folks. Uh, and like, it wasn't a flick a switch and overnight, we're all happy families. Um, <laughs> but I can tell you that from that day, um, after that, a couple of years later, I bought the first business okay. from my parents. And what was uh, it? The language school. I bought the language, the language school. school. Okay. Then uh, five years ago now, probably five years ago, I bought the other business, which is the career, the career guidance, this personality profiling one. Two years ago, just before COVID, I sold the language school. Okay. So that was a that was a conversation to, to have with your parents to, to sell their <laughs> third child. Yeah. Um, and now I've been fully taking taken over. I moved offices and and set up uh, new new facilities for the uh, career guidance and the the psychometrics company. And uh, I was just before our podcast here. I was on site. Uh, we're renovating my parents' house. Nice. and we're renovating it with the view to us all living together again so <laughs> as my parents get a bit older so my parents are Sorry to laugh at that, on that. one floor we're going to live on the next on the next floor up all interconnected so not okay. only will we be a multi-generational business we will be a multi-generational household by choice so it's we, we've come really full circle from not being able to see each other not being able to be in the same room to to choosing to go back uh, and live together and spend time with my kids and my parents and my wife and I all living under the same roof. Do you have any brothers and sisters who was a part of this business? Like how many families will be living in that home with your parents? You and your wife and kid, and then- Me, my wife and kids and my parents, that's it. So my sister, okay. uh, I, I have one sister. Uh, she's not really involved in the business. She's involved from a from a board level, and that's about it. She's she's not entrepreneurially minded. She doesn't want to be running uh, businesses. Okay. Uh, so she works uh, with uh, inner city youth groups here in Dublin. As uh, she works with uh, people, helping them to lift themselves up and be creative. Nice. Um, so she's not involved in business on a, an operational level, um, but. She was. She. We all in the summers when we were in college and everything else, we worked together. We had our blaring rows and blaring fights, and then would go for dinner together. So I mean, it's that's oh, that's, that's family. Working with family. Yeah, that's family. So. Wow. So your parents are loving that, though, right? Because the house when you your kids, how many kids is uh, are two kids, there? two daughters. Well, guess what. They will be excited. That's gonna be a oh, delighted. Yeah, yeah. I know they are. Are you kidding me? The house will always be busy, you know. And I, I always believe that as parents age, they need that. Yeah. They need that. They, you know, you you guys may need to argue sometime because it it, it just keeps them aware. Like, oh, we remember that, <laughs> to have those <laughs> conversations. <laughs> That's wonderful. So now, how? If you were advising any of my audience that they're family mm -hmm. and they want yep. to start a business, how does that go? Like, how about if you have, how about if you have um, two, it's five family members, two want a franchise, one want, let's say a school like what you have. You have how mm -hmm. do you get together to agree and which would be the better selection for the first business? Mm-hmm. 
is that a hard one <laughs> so, no it's not actually it's, so i actually came up with this and, and through my research i came up with what i call the five p's of succession planning okay. so there are five p's that, that constantly are in a loop whether you're in a family business looking to succeed looking for somebody to take over from you or any organization or any business if you want to move your own career and you have to put somebody in your place so as you can step forward this process is the exact same the first p and this is what the talks to your point what's the purpose what are we trying to do like what is the business doing what's the ultimate driver of the business it's what are we are we in growth mode are we growing over the next five to ten years are we stabilizing over the next five to ten years are we pivoting what are we doing what's the purpose of the business and what's the purpose of the leadership wow that makes sense then because if you don't know where you're going you've no map you can't even create a map so then once you have an idea of the purpose once you know what you're doing then it's the pick who's the right person to lead for oh. this time and you might even decide in a family member look we want to grow for the next five years and then once we've grown to a certain point let's say we we have I don't know, X million in sales, mm -hmm. then we want to stabilize and keep things going. So Susie is actually the best person to grow us because she's hungry and she wants to grow things. She wants to be out there marketing, 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 selling, selling, selling. Right. But Johnny is actually better at the operation side of things. So once we get to a certain size, then Johnny should actually step in and be more the CEO, kind of keeping things on an even keel while Susie moves to a marketing role and keeps bringing in the business but uh, oh. pulls it to a certain point so um i had a conversation with a friend of mine uh, recently about his son who was looking to join the business but he's my friend is the the typical kind of ceo out there getting the business wanting to, <laughs> to get the sales in but his son is much more operational so i said well look at the the apple scenario so uh, Tim Cook and Steve Jobs. So what I what we've uh, come up with is in a couple of years time when the son, if the son wants to join the family business properly, because there's a couple of other things to do first, cool. that they're going to install an external CEO. Uh -huh. And we're going to say, okay, for the next 10 years, you have the remit to take us from, for argument's sake, 3 million to 12 million okay. over the next 10 years. My son is going to work alongside you as the COO. He's going to learn everything about the business, how you're going. But once we get to the 12 million mark, you're going to get a golden parachute payoff. You're going to be, thank you very much. You've built the business. Off you go now and, and run some other massive corporation. Ooh, Looks okay. good in your CV. You made a lot of money. And then my son comes in and oversees things to make sure that it's operationally running smoothly for the next 20 years. Now, how so there's, do there's you keep it going, ways though? You can do this. I like that system. It totally makes sense. You know, you, people are being trained and moving in position. It's like everybody's moving along mm -hmm. within time and the business is still growing. Yeah. So this, it's all about the pick. Like what, what's the purpose? Where are we going? So pick, who do we need to pick right now for the next stage of this? And you might need like the succession could be a five year succession in five years time. The company might be different and have a slightly different purpose. So I actually need a different pick. You might need a different CEO family member. Uh, and having yeah. those conversations is, is really important. The next P is prepare. Uh. So once you know who it is, that person has to be prepared. If you've got a family, if you've got, let's say you've got an offspring, a daughter or a son who's going to come in uh, and has joined the family business, ideally they will have gotten some kind of experience outside of your organization. 
Right. And they will come into your organization as low as they possibly can to learn the ropes of your organization. But over the next five years, ideally it's a five-year window maximum, uh -huh. you're going to spend as much time preparing that next generation to take over. How have things gone in the past? How do we need to think about things? How does the industry, what does the industry look like? How is the industry evolving? They're doing some of the work, you're doing some of the work, and you're preparing and coaching and developing and training that next generation to be able to take over. Um, I've had so many people that I've spoken to, even not in family businesses, people who've set up enormous companies as the founders, grown to be CEOs, and then they retire as CEOs to become chairmen of, chairman of the organization or something like that. Right. They and come back in, in as another title. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're, they're training in somebody else to be the CEO. They're stepping back from their business and they're just going to be an owner and a chairperson. But they still, that's still succession. They're still getting somebody ready to take over from their position. Right. And every single one of them, where it's gone well, every single one of them said it's down to uh, picking the right person and then spending as much one-on-one -on -one time as you can preparing them for the role. Because once you hand over the reins, you have to hand over the reins. You have to give them the baton and let them make the mistakes. You have to make sure that they're as ready as they possibly can mm -hmm. to start making those decisions. So how do you maintain egos? Once you start making sure. the money and, you know, you may have somebody that get lazy. You're like, mm, they're not working as hard as they used to because they're looking at the numbers and not thinking that we want those numbers higher so we can maintain and mm -hmm. always have this. What happens then? Like, how do you do so you this? Is, it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's about the pick. It's about the pick and it's about to prepare. So and, and in the coaching, the coaching doesn't stop when just the day that you decide, okay, you're now the boss. Good Got luck, you. I'm off. Here's here's the keys, I'm off to the beach somewhere. <laughs> um, the coaching always stops. But this actually brings us on to the fourth P, which is promote. So there comes a point when the next generation has to be given the keys to the castle. They are handed the baton and gone, there you go, it's yours. So wow. there's the first literal meaning of promotion. You are now the head honcho or you are now the director of whatever. The second meaning of promote, though, is that you have to be the current generation has to be the biggest cheerleader for the next generation publicly. Yep. Junior is making the right decision. Yeah, I fully agree with Junior. Yeah, I think that's a great decision by Junior. If somebody comes to, let's say, consult with the current generation, somebody uh -huh. they've done business with for 10 years uh -huh. and they go, oh, look, can you just do this for me or something? It's like, no, no, that has to be Junior's Junior's, Junior's yes. decision. Going yes. Yes. Now you can disagree and you absolutely will disagree on things and you will have a different way of doing, of fixing the problem, but that has to be done behind closed doors. Publicly, you have to be the cheerleader for the next generation. Otherwise it's going to destroy itself. And not, not only that people, when they start to see some, you know, when someone disrespect the other person, especially if it's someone in a higher level, they go, why should we respect them? We remember when he did that to him, especially if his reaction wasn't professional or he mm -hmm. saw how the person really talked them down and he, you know, so I understand that. But that's, I think that's what life, that's even what I write about that in my book about relationships, <laughs> you know, that if yeah, something well, goes wrong with your mate, you never ever say anything to them in front of anybody. You wait until your home behind closed doors between you two, but you always support them. 
no matter mm-hmm. what it is in front of other people. That's my thing with your mate. You never side. I don't care. This is just, like I said, this is what I think. I don't care if you're wrong. I'm going to support you being your wife. But when we get home, I'm going to say, you know, that was wrong. <laughs> you know, that was wrong. <laughs> when, when we get home, let me explain to you exactly what you did wrong. Exactly. That's better. But um, it's very interesting. Um, So when you put by not killing your family, it's basically with the training and, and um, how to keep the family basically in a circle, keep everybody together so it works. Yeah, but it's also understanding that um, we all get caught up in our own emotions and our own stories and we're looking at things from our own perspective the next generation is looking at a business from one perspective the current generation looks at it from a very different perspective because they have a different history and a different viewpoint and a different worldview Mm -hmm. so the biggest um what i've found is the biggest source of confrontation the biggest source of disagreement realistically in succession planning and family businesses is when the two perspectives can't align. Mm -hmm. So when the current generation sees this is how things have always been done, therefore this is how it has to be done in the future. Mm -hmm. And the next generation is looking at it going, that's a dinosaur. Like that's where I can't believe we're actually still making money on this, but it's really gonna, we're going downhill because this is an outdated way of doing things. And the market has moved on. Does, okay, so now that being said, the right thing to do is to try to conform to that. You know what I mean? Try to build into what the new generation is saying. Do you agree with that? Like, yes. do you well, work it, towards it's a, the it's change? About aligning. Well, it's about aligning what the purpose is. So what yes. is the purpose of the organization and how do you do it? So what's the, what's the viewpoint? If you are taking, if you're the current generation and you're looking to exit and you're the next generation, you're looking to take over, you, the, let's say the current generation should have a five-year vision of the business, mm-hmm. but the next generation should have a 30-year vision of the business. Ah. But the first five years have to align. So the, the next generation is going to be around, I mean, just by, by sheer physics and biology, the next generation is going to be around <laughs> the current generation. So the next generation should have a, a longer vision for the organization. But those couple of years, between one and five years, look, horrible things can happen the current generation can have a heart attack hit by a bus whatever and the next generation the next day boom that's it you're you're now the boss kiddo um wow so it's just handed down like that so now and it has happened plenty of times in history now i i agree so now here is uh i don't like to ever talk negative about anything but it's not really a negative statement but it could be now what happens when it moved down and mm-hmm. you know that this particular person, I mean, this is your only choice you got, but they are really shallow. Like they're really not mm-hmm. for it. What happens to the business? Do you take a chance on them? Do you, how do you try to mold that? So again, it comes back to the purpose of the business and the, the purpose is this person realistically, is the purpose of the business just to, to, to have an income for junior if it is then okay then they're not they're the pick but you got to pick other people to actually run the business to make the money that's right um okay i would argue that that's a waste of everybody's time and energy that the, <laughs> the 
next generation needs to, to step up a little bit. But um, there are times when the pick, uh, the pick can happen by default. So we the, historically it has been the firstborn son or whatever it is, is mm. the heir apparent. Mm. That has worked in some scenarios. I would argue it has failed in far more percentage, far higher percentage of scenarios. Wow. Wow. Um, I have uh, a family in Spain, uh, friends of mine who, three kids, uh, grew up in a family business. The eldest son works, the, all three work in the business. All three wow. kids work in the family business. Mm -hmm. The eldest son has no desire to take on the responsibility. He's a uh, kind of middle manager, happy doing his thing, has his work-life balance, leaves home, goes on holidays, does his thing. Like any Doesn't other have to manager. worry about all that extra stuff. No. So the daughter, the middle child, mm. she was then tapped. Okay, well, you're going to take over. And she said, uh -uh, I don't want those headaches. I'll do the books. I'm the process person. I'm quite happy to do the books and I'll do the HR and I'll do all the process and the logistics stuff. Uh-uh, none of that sleepless Excellent. nights worrying about payroll stuff. Mm -hmm. The youngest son is the one who says, okay, I want to be the entrepreneur. So it's the youngest son is taking over the leadership of the family business. So nice. the pick comes down to A, who have you got? B, are they the best person for it? And C, if none of them, if if you have three kids that all want to be in the business but don't actually want to run it, well then there's a different conversation that you need to have to go, okay, well, none of you are the pick to lead this. We need to find someone else to lead it. How is that gonna work? And that's the That's right. That's right. Are you ready for the person that we find? Do you do you higher outside and you, you are going to work for those people <laughs> that's right you know um that's a good that was a good answer so you're you're basically tell the audience like about your business your company what you do what what how you can help so I do uh, I do keynote talks on uh, titled uh, Build a Killer Family Business Without Killing Your Family. Yes. Um, the, so it's a talk that I, I share some of the mindsets and a couple of stories about how it has worked and how it hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. um, the three mindsets and a, and a bit of a challenge for people. Uh, so if you have uh, industry events where people are either in a multi-generational business or are a founder who have a family, they could potentially be a multi-generational business. Mm. Uh, the other thing I do is consulting and coaching. So if you have, if you're looking to go through that process at the moment, uh, we can jump on a call, see what's the fit, talk about doing some personality profiling, seeing some strategic planning and doing some workshops, uh, all of that. Uh, but really, the easiest thing is to find me on uh, successfulsuccession.com. So yeah. I'm I'm Stephen Short from Successful Succession. So there's a lot of S's in there, which is why the process had to be the five P's. Because if, if you imagine, hi, I'm going to talk to you about the five S's of Successful Succession, and I'm Stephen Short, it would just be a nightmare of snakes and hissing all over the place. So with the double um, T's on the back. The double T as well, yeah. So... Wow. Uh, so successful succession will find me or you can find me with killerfamilybusiness.com and also you can find him on mohanilove.com um, exactly. his information will be there and thank you thank you so much Stephen is there any advice you would like to give the audience before we wrap it up uh, no, I just think uh, if you feel that you're trapped in this scenario where you're not going to be able to to work with your family, um, I can tell you from experience that 
the the kitchen table and the boardroom table can be the same piece of furniture it doesn't have to be a battlefield <laughs> nice so thank you thank you for listening to mohani loves podcast thank you for joining me steven enjoy your day my pleasure thanks a million <laughs> bye